church on a Wednesday night, say amen. Amen. It's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to be together in the house of the Lord tonight. What a, what a, a, a praise to Almighty God already. Just what glory to God already. Amen. Just, just wonderful, wonderful. We we could we could say amen after having an invitation to go to the house and know we've been in the presence of God. But you're going to have to put up with me for at least tonight, amen, and then tomorrow night, Lord willing. It's been a joy to, to serve with you. It's been a joy to get to know you and fellowship with you and make new friends. Just, uh, just a tremendous time that uh, my wife and I have had to be able to, to be with you and just, just overjoyed and overwhelmed at what I see and what I've experienced in the Lord. So uh, tonight, uh, just uh, thankful to be here once again. And uh, I want to ask you, if you will, to take your Bible and turn in the Gospel of John with me to the Go- Gospel of John, chapter number 3. The Gospel of John, chapter number 3. We're going to read one verse tonight, if you had one verse out of the Gospel of John, chapter 3, what verse would it be? Verse number 16, John 3, 16, and I want to share on the thought tonight, love for the whole world, love for the whole world. John chapter 3, verse number 16. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for, Lord, what we've already experienced in this place tonight. Father, we thank you for the love of God. Lord, we thank you for the mercy of God. Lord, we thank you for the hope that we can find in God. And Lord, I pray tonight as we would stand behind this sacred desk, Father, I pray you would anoint me with the Spirit of God that I might say what I need to say. And God, I pray that you would give us ears to hear Tonight, what we need to hear in this place. Father, break our hearts, bend our hearts, change our lives, stir us. Father, send revival in this place tonight. Lord, uh, save sinners and reclaim backsliders. and God, revive your church is our prayer. And we make this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever thought about how big the world is. The booming big town that I live in is a town of about 3,000. Monticello is a town of about 10,000. North America is populated with about 579 When we think about the world as a whole, somewhere around seven and a half billion people that live in the world. Have you ever just thought about how big the world is? I don't even know everyone in my small town. My my little town of of 3,000 people. I, I know most people, but I don't know them I hope by God's grace that, that I would have a chance to, to know them all and, and to tell them all about Jesus. But, but, but just a, a small town of, of 3,000, I don't know them all. And there's certainly not any way that I, I know all or could even love all that is in the world. But the Bible tells us that our God has loved for the whole world. We serve a God who loves 
the whole world. Notice some facts with me tonight about a God who has love for the whole world. First of all, I want to simply talk to you tonight about the author of love. The author of love. We hear a lot about love in the world that, that we live in, but when we come to the Word of God, we find the very author of love. We, we find where love began in the Word of God. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. So when we think about the author of love, it involves a person. You see, if anybody ever had a reason not to love us, it's God. I want you to think with me tonight about all that he knows about us. I want you to think uh, with me tonight about all that we've done against him. But the Bible says even though the only one who has a right to not love us, the Bible says that God loves us. The Bible says that God loves you. You see, the world will love you many times for what you can do for them. Uh, the world will love you many times uh, because of what you have and, and who you are. And if you, don't, if you don't do what they would have you to do, the world many times will not love you. Uh, but you see, God, God loves you. And you can't do anything or give God any reason tonight to love you any less are to love you anymore. You see, the only one who has a right to not love us is a God who loves us unconditionally. You see, God has everything he needs. There's not anything. It's not that God needs anything from us. He has everything he needs, but he chooses to allow us to be part of his great plan. Isn't that good? It's not that he needs us. It's that we need him. You see, we can't give God anything that he needs. He has everything. We, we can't tell him anything that he don't know because he knows everything. We can't go anywhere that he is not because he's everywhere. There, there's not anything that we can do for God because he, he has all that he needs. He, he's always been and he'll always be. There's, there's never been a time that he has not been and there'll, there'll never be a time that he will not be. What could we offer God that he would love us? What, what could we give a God who has everything that, uh, that, that to make him love us? You see, the Bible teaches us that God is an omniscient God. That simply means that he's an all-knowing God. The Bible says that he's an omnipotent God. That means he's an all-powerful God. Nothing in your life or anyone else's life that he does not have the power to do. The Bible tells us that he's an omnipresent God. He's everywhere. There's not anywhere we can go or he, that he's not already there in our lives. He's eternal. He's Lord. He's Master. He's Almighty God. And so this love, the author of love, it, it involves a, a person, a, a, it involves God who, who has everything and does not need a, anything, but, but he, he allows us and, and invites us to be part of, of, his, of his great plan. But not only does this author of love involve a person, but this author of love involves a 
you see, the Bible says, for well, it doesn't just say that God loves the world, but the Bible says it, it takes it to a, a deeper level. It, it says God so loved the world. You, you see, God went above and beyond and loved us to the greatest degree. There's, there's not anyone who's loved you longer than God. There's not anyone who can love you better than Almighty God. There's not anyone that will love you more than, than Almighty God. He, he, he so loved us. He, he's loved us to the greatest degree. I think about Paul when Paul wrote to the, to the believers there at Ephesus. He prayed for those believers in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14. And here's how he prayed. He said, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name that out of the riches of his glory he may strengthen you with the power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ, now watch this, may dwell in your hearts through faith. Then you, being, uh, being rooted and grounded in love, will have power together with all the saints. Now watch this to comprehend the length and the width and the height and the depth of his love and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You see, God has, has loved you to the greatest degree. He, he so loves you this evening. Red, yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Man, woman, boy and girl. God loves you. Rich, poor, middle class and in between. God so loves. The Bible says that he so loved the world, that, that word love, there's the uh, word agape, and it, it talks about, it means a, a supernatural love, a sacrificial love, a selfless love. So the author of love, the author of love is God. Before your parents loved you, God loved you. Before your parents knew you, God knew you. He's our creator. He's our savior. He's our redeemer. He is our so the first thing we note tonight is, is the author of love, but there's a second thing I want to speak to you about, the action of love. You see, the Bible says here, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And when we think about the action of love, you see, when it says God so loved, love here is a verb and not a noun. God demonstrated his love. He didn't just say that he loved us, but he demonstrated his love towards us even while we were yet sinners. Christ demonstrated his love, giving us the ultimate love. God gave us his only son. His son, this action of love, he, he didn't just give us anything, but he gave us the best that he had. He gave us his only son, his son for sinners. Now, I have four children, and there's not anybody in the world that I would give my children for. There, there's not anybody that's, that's important enough that, that I would give up my children's life that they might, that they might live but God gave his very own son so that you and I would not have to go to hell. So that you and I would enjoy eternal, abundant life. God gave his only son. The Bible says he gave his son when we were without hope and strength. 
when we had no way of, of coming to God ourselves, when we had no way of being right with God in our own strength, God gave exactly what we needed. He gave his only son to die, as the Bible says, an undeserving death, to die as a substitute in our place. This love is a it's a it's a demonstrated love. It's a it's a it's a love that 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 was shown to us. If God gave the best he had, shouldn't we give the best we have for God? If God was willing to give it all for us, shouldn't we give it all for him? Shouldn't we like those disciples? The Bible said they forsook all and followed Christ, I want to tell you there's nothing in this world worth hanging on to to miss out on the love of God and for others to miss out on this love of God. I think about Abraham. The Bible says that Abraham, God promised Abraham a son. And the Bible said that, 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 that God, in his promise, God waited to give Abraham that son. But the Bible tells us that God gave Abraham a son. And then after giving Abraham a son, he told him to take that son. And he said, I want you to take him up on Mount Moriah and I want you to kill him. Now God had promised him a son and then when he gave him a son God tested Abraham and said I want you to I want you to kill that that son that that that, that doesn't really make sense to our minds but the bible said that God was was testing him and and Abraham obeyed God he he stepped out and obeyed God and he he took his son Isaac and they they headed up Mount Moriah and Isaac on the way a, a 20 year old young man uh, uh, right around the age of, of many of you Isaac said dad I, I see the wood and I, I see the fire but but where's the lamb and Abraham said God will provide himself a as Abraham took his only son Isaac to the top of that hill and laid him on that altar on that day the Bible says that he put the wood on the altar, he built an altar and he, he placed his son on the altar and he tied his son on the altar the only son that he had the promised son that God had given him, the son that he had waited so long but he trusted God even when he left the mountain, he left his servants there and he said we're coming back, we're going up and God had said, you're going to kill him there. But Abraham had faith that they both would come back. But Abraham didn't hold anything back from God. And isn't that the way we should be in our lives? We ought to not hold anything back from God. We ought to give our whole lives to God. We ought to give our whole families to God. We ought to give our whole churches to God. We ought to give our whole mission projects to God. 
but he put his son on the altar. And he took the knife that was in his hand, and he drew the knife that was in his hand, and, and, and as his only son lay there on that altar, he was going to give it all to God. He was going to trust God. And as he was coming down, the angel of God stopped him, and he said, Now I know that you love God more than you love me. You see, sometimes God will test you to see how much you love him. I think about the children of Israel. The Bible said that God tested them when he led them through the wilderness, a place they had never been, a way they had never gone. But the Bible said that God tested them to see what was in their hearts. And many times when it's easy, when when life is easy, it's easy to say amen. When everything's going all right, it's easy to say praise God. But what about when a test comes your way? What about when something happens in your life? Are you still going to say amen when life is falling uh, apart around you? When things don't go your way, are you still going to say praise God? Are you still going to follow God wholeheartedly when bad things happen in your life. You see, sometimes God will test you to see what's in your heart, and sometimes he'll see if there's going to be anything that you're going to hold back, and he's going to see if you're willing. He might not make you do it. He might not allow it to come into your life, but sometimes he just wants to know, are you willing? And Abraham was willing. He came down with a knife, but God stopped him. And when he stopped him, he untied his son because there was a ram that was provided by God. He turned around, and the Bible said there was a ram that was caught in the thicket. God provided himself a lamb, and the blood was shed. says this. The Bible says they're going to tell you that 
we belong to Jesus. How? Because we love one another. I wonder tonight, do you have a one another brother that you need to lay on the altar? You see, if we'll get right with one another, we might could get the world right. But, but there's too many Christians that are fighting with each other. We, we've been forgiven much, so we need to forgive. The author of love is God. The action of love. He, he loved, that, that, that verb, he, he loved. He gave his only begotten son. And let me just say this before I move on. Love's not a feeling. You say, I don't feel like I love her anymore. That ain't got anything to do with it. I don't feel like eating a cone of ice cream after, after service tonight because I ate enough in there. But that don't have a thing to do about what I'm going to do. not a feeling. There are feelings in love, but, but, but love is not based, love's not based on a feeling. Love's based on a fact. And that fact is Jesus. There's some days that Jesus has the right to not feel like loving me because I'm not so loved. Don't say amen, my wife. But you know what? He loves you anyway. And when you don't feel like loving somebody else, just get over it. And love them like you love Jesus. Because they are a brother of yours, a sister of yours. They're your family. We can't have a one another problem. Why? We got to take action. The author of love, the action of love, but then the final thing, the acceptance of love. What a shame for somebody to love you like God has loved you. To do all God has done in your life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now watch this. That whosoever believes in him. So when we think about this love, this love is for whosoever. It's for you and it's for me and it's for all of us. You see, you don't have to be a certain height for God to love you. And I'm thankful for that because all of my family are to be 6'5", I'd never make it in this. Thank God you don't have to be a certain weight either. I wrestled in high school. Every week I had to put on a trash bag back then and run to try to lose weight. Just to, just to make a certain weight so I could get on the mat that day.
says the devil believes in God and he trembles. But let me tell you the difference between intellectual belief and saving faith. You see, the devil believes there's the devil believes all of this book. He knows that the word of God is true. He knows that Jesus, the, the demons were the first one to, to say when Jesus came into town, they, they, they knew exactly who he was. They they knew that he was the Son of God, the Messiah. They they proclaimed that that's who they knew in their heads. They had an intellectual knowledge of who.
fact, uh, I scrambled around and I, I found a, another piece of paper and he said, I, I finally got a, a fire started and he said, when the fire began to burn, he said, I, I wanted to, I was interested to know why this other piece of paper would not burn. And he said, I picked up that piece of paper that would not burn and it was a single small page from a gospel story. And on that page that would not burn was John's testimony. At this time, at the bottom of his barrel, but but he, he found John 3.16, a, a page uh, from a track that, that would not be burned. And he read it and he said that he cried for the first time. that he God led him to some missionaries who explained to him exactly what John was
Isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah. Christ is One more time. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I hurting and broken within. is calling don't be afraid to move have you come to the end of yourself do you thirst for a drink from the well Jesus 
excited about tomorrow, and I pray we do it big tomorrow, and let's just pray, and I hope you pray tonight alongside me and ask God to have his way, and open hearts tomorrow, and I pray people will be saved, but the most important thing is that the Lord Jesus, his name be exalted, amen? Let's pray, and we'll see you in a moment. Father in heaven, as we bow before you tonight, we're thankful for your goodness and your grace, thankful, Lord, so much that you have blessed us tonight with the presence of the Spirit of God. Father, I ask you, Lord, to go with us tonight. Help us to rest well. And, Father, tomorrow use us that people may be saved. We'll give you all the praise and all the glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a good night.